0: Well, hello. So great to see you. Thanks for worshiping. What a joy to be here in this room with you. And hi, everybody online. Hi to traditions. Uh, God bless you guys. I think we're in a pattern. I think it's winter on Tuesday and Wednesday, and summer on Saturday and Sunday. And I really like it. How many of you like it? See, as a pastor, it's usually Saturday, Sunday, when it's winter in Colorado, and so I've been so blessed. Just today, I said to Bonnie, "I said I'm so glad that we have sunshine and it's not a foot of snow out there." And so Tuesday, Wednesday, watch out, bring your coat. But we can do it. We're we're on the upside and uh, moving into March here before you know it, guys. It's really been fun to be in this series, how we change. And I'm challenged by this. I, I never want to be that guy that says, I don't have a lot to work on, because I know I do. No matter how many years I serve God, matter of fact, it almost seems to work the opposite for me. The more I serve God, the more I realize how far I have to go. If you guys found that to be true? It's like, man, I've got a long ways to go. I thought I had that figured out. So I'm, I'm in it with you, okay? I really am. We've, we've looked at several things, and this weekend we're, we're continuing that series. We've talked about sacrifice, the practice of sacrifice. If you're new to Timberline, we do a lot of series. We'll do six weeks, eight weeks, four weeks, and we pick them just based on kind of what's going on in the world and what the needs are of our church. Sometimes we just do a, a study of a book in the Bible for months. It's really fun. I like it all, but we've really talked about the disciplines of a believers life like celebration like community pastor Josh man didn't he do a great job last weekend with prayer just love that guy's heart so fun and and this weekend we're talking about rest we have six grandkids and Tristan when he was two or three years old he started he coined a word for our whole family when he would he would he started calling a nap a snoozer and he would say are you guys going to take a snoozer? He <laughs> said, I'm going to take a snoozer. And I don't know why that has stuck with our family. And we have been saying that ever since. And, and this, this message this weekend isn't just about taking snoozers. Rest is different than sleep, at least the kind of rest that I'm talking about. Rest is a biblical component that is very complex And it's going to take everything I've got to try to communicate everything going on inside of my heart. And I think it's going to take everything you've got inside to to sit up and lean in and, and try to come with me on a little journey to not just get through some of these talks or these thoughts, but to really identify where you are in terms of your need for rest, the biblical kind of rest. I'm going to read a passage in Hebrews 4, verses 9 through 11, and then I'll comment on it. And then we'll go into the outline, which is on the app. I think there's a sheet you could have picked up, and we'll, we'll just walk through it. Hebrews 4 through 9. You have to understand Hebrews is a pretty complex book. Some think Paul wrote it. Many people don't think he wrote it. But the, the author of Hebrews is definitely a smart guy. He looks back at the law and starts pulling out applications for us with Jesus being the answer to the law at every level. And it says in verse 9, there was a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Some translations call it a Sabbath rest. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. Where's that? Genesis 2. We're going to go there in a few minutes. So let us do our best to enter that rest. Now, one of, the, one of the challenges that we have with, with Hebrews and passages like this is that the legalism of the time and the day, people were still trying to fulfill the law. And, and the, the writer, the author here is saying, basically, Jesus is the Sabbath. Jesus is the Sabbath rest. When he died on the cross and when he spoke those words, it is finished, we need to understand nothing else has to happen for us to enjoy our salvation. We lean on him. Our faith, our salvation is in what he did for us on the cross. So I can enter into this rest. I no longer need to to do works or offer sacrifices or do all of those things. I grew up in a pretty conservative home, loved it, I'm... I'm not beat up or warped by it at all, but my dad was pretty strict, and I remember the day that I was going to go skiing on a Sunday after church. I had a season pass. It was 45 minutes to a little place called Powderhorn above Grand Junction, and he found out that I was going to go skiing, and he called me into his bedroom that's morning. He said, hey, son, I, I heard you're going skiing. I saw you getting your stuff ready. Um, are you going to skip out early from church to do this? I said, no, I'll come to church, and then I'll head on up. And he said, well, how focused are you going to be on church? Knowing Because skiing was my life. Knowing you're, you're going up to the mountain. I said, oh, I'll be focused. <laughs> you better believe it. I'll be focused right down to the countdown to the last second so I can get out of there. That's what I'll be focused on. And he made a really good point. But he 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 kind of began to t- teach me that, he, he said to me, I'm going to leave this decision to you, but uh, it's The Sunday's not the Sabbath anyway, so he wasn't trying to be legalistic about the Sabbath. But God rested on the Sabbath. God took a break even from creation. And there's a lesson here about rest and pulling things in and not occupying the busy life anymore. Just for that moment. So even though Jesus is the Sabbath, he's fulfilled the Sabbath, what this is talking about, it does involve health. Your health and it involves rest. Now, one thing that's super important for this, just at the outset, being rested as a human being has nothing to do with being lazy. Everybody understand that? Because sometimes we're afraid that if we talk about resting or I'm taking it easy, people might get the idea that we're not working hard, we're being lazy, we're slothful. That's not what I'm talking about at all. So so when I say that today, just get that lazy word out of your mind. That's not what I'm talking about. Strong health really involves healthy rest. We must understand it in our lives. Physical rest, I would just ask a question. Are you rested in your body, in your mind, and in your soul? and do you know the areas that you're not very rested because that's a big that's a big thing we're going to talk about that at the end that's a big thing even even athletes that are in the olympics right now and they they have rest days why because their body is recouping there's a science to this animals that race like horses have rest periods why because they can do better when they're performing if they are fully rested. And I believe when we walk with God, we need to live as much as possible in this state of being rested. So what does it mean to practice rest? Let's break it down. Number one in your outline is this. Rest is God's idea. Let's start with that. This isn't some great thing someone made up and said, oh, why don't you go take a snoozer? (laughs) You're tired. You need some rest. No, This is God. In chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, Genesis account of the creation. And it says this. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. The way that God created mankind was with several needs. You see it? When God creates Adam and he he creates Eve, and he says it is good. It is actually very good. And it's a moment. But he created us with personality types and a DNA that have certain needs. We are created with a need, for instance, for community. We talked about it a few weeks ago. You need other people in your life. God actually said to Adam, dude, it's not good for you to be alone. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make a, help, a helper for you. And we don't have to take that out of context, but that has to do with our need for community and friendship that go deep in our lives. We are created to have peace with God. I could I could do a, almost a whole sermon just on that statement because I'm committed to this. If you... Do not have peace with God, our maker. You're going to be a miserable person in your life. That's a big statement. I know it is. You say, well, there's happy people that don't have peace with God. No, they might have peace with themselves and with others, but peace with God establishes that God innate need to be fully present in my life and to reach my full purpose that God has made me for. And until you have that, you cannot reach or attain those things in your life. We are created to have peace with God. We are also created with a need to love and to be loved. You know, you, you, if you're alone, if you, don't, if you don't have, people get burned out, they get tired, they say, I'm not going to love again, and that's a, that's a tough world that they live in. You have the need to be loved. Now, whether you accept that love probably has to do with damage that's been done to you emotionally. But you have a decision to make every day about your need to love and be loved. And you know what the last one is that I'm going to talk about? It's the need for rest. Have you ever thought about this? When you go to sleep, what happens? Isn't that kind of weird? Like you kind of go out into this state of kind of almost like unconsciousness. It's almost like a movie. How How did God think of that? How many of you used to sleep a lot better when you were a teenager? I could sleep until 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, and now I can't do that. I don't know what happened, but I liked it better then. <laughs> I have a hard time sometimes sleeping, but if you don't sleep, you will die. It is a real need of humankind, and God put it there. You can't say, well, I'm never going to sleep. No, you, you have to in order to live. It's like breathing. You, you have to breathe. And so these are things that God, they're non-negotiables. And it was God's idea. So we're talking more about rest than we are sleep, but all of these things come with the measures that God has put in our lives and ways to measure how we're really doing. And I'll give you some examples. Let's go to point two because this is really interesting. Different types of rest. So obviously I have the privilege of doing research on this stuff and trying to bring you something that's going to matter and help you for next Wednesday, you know? And I, I want you to think about this. There's a book called Sacred Rest. It's written by an author named um, Sandra Dalton Smith. I would recommend it. And I'm going to give you just a brief outline of that book, Christian book, and, and, and have you examine it however you want to, okay? I'm going to put some things up on the screen and then I'll, I'll comment on all of these. Number one, there's seven kinds of rest in the book. Number one is spiritual rest. And I think, I think we've put all of them up there together. So you can just leave that there for a while if you want to. Or take it up and down, however you guys want upstairs there. But spiritual rest, now these, these are not taking a rest from spirituality. These are ways that you feed your spirit. So one of them is happening right now. You have chosen to take some time in your day to drive over here or walk over here and make a priority in your life to sit with other people, some you know, some you don't, and sing some songs, some you know, some you don't, and enter into a moment where we look at Scripture and you're listening to some guy talk about God and some topic like rest you have made that willful decision in your life and by doing that you have a really good chance of being spiritually rested church is very important scripture talks about don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together this matters the teaching of God's word the worship experience together please don't ever put it on a back burner keep it as a priority in your life that's not legalism that's being healthy and rested in your spirit. Another one is prayer. Joshua talked about it last week. So I'll not repeat all that, but it's, it's meditation. It's, I mean, the right kind of meditation. It can be reading scripture that somehow gives you spiritual rest. It might be exploring nature. That's one for me that she has in her book that when I found that one, I'm like, when I take a walk in the mountains or a trail or a little hike, I see God everywhere. Like, not literally, but like his creation, you know. <laughs> hi, God. Hi, God. No. Uh, I I just love being out in nature. It's something that really feeds me, and to me, it brings me spiritual rest. She has another one in her book that I'm going to throw it out there, and you can you can decide. Crying. Okay, I, I need one of you to come up and talk about that one. I'm not a big crier, but I do cry sometimes, but... She likens it to the release of emotion that is bigger than you, and it no longer owns you. You just let it out. And when you do that, spiritual rest can come, and you can be sustained. How many of you think that that works for you? Just Okay, good. I don't like that. See? Let's start a, a crying small group. <laughs> I think that would miss the point, wouldn't it? Jesus went to the mountain to pray. He, 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 there's examples in Scripture for all seven of these with Jesus. He, he, he knew that he was being drained on the earth, and so in order to have spiritual rest, he just, he just busted out from the disciples. They, he, drove, he drove them crazy. Where'd he go? He's off on the mountain again, talking to his father. I don't know what he does up there all night. That's what he did. Spiritual rest. Mental rest, number two. And this is a big one for our culture right now. Mental rest. Okay, let me give you some, some lines. Delegating or hiring a task to be done that you dread. Do you like that? Someone else is going to do it. You know, we don't, we've never had like a house cleaner, but it's been funny. The last few months, we've had a couple times when we were coming back from out of town or something, and we had some company, and we, we, we wanted to see if we could have our house cleaned, and Man, that's really fun. There's no stress. You have to pay for it. That's the problem. But, man, it's just amazing what happens when all of a sudden I have mental rest. That's delegated. I don't have to worry about that. Another one she has is daydreaming. Just letting your mind go into good things, I'm talking about, good things. Or accomplishing an enjoyable task. I've, I've grown up, you know, I, Bonnie loves gardening. She, she can be out there in the yard doing stuff for hours. It would drive me crazy. But you put me in a little shop with some good light and a motorcycle that needs something on it. I'm I'm in heaven, right? So I like working with my hands. And that gives me mental rest. Saying no to dreaded tasks was another one that she had. Jesus, one time, and it was probably multiple, it's recorded in Scripture where he's off praying and the city is... That he's done some miracles in this city, and they're all lined up. In are early morning, everybody's gathered, the town hall is packed, and they're saying to the disciples, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? And finally, they go out and look for Jesus, and they're frustrated. And they said to him, where have you been? And look at what they said. They said, the whole city is waiting for you. They're lined up. And you know what Jesus said? He said, oh, okay, thanks for telling me. We're not going back. We're going to go to the next town. He, he drew a line in the sand that said, I did what I was supposed to do there, and now I'm mentally resting, and I'm going to go continue what I was on the earth for. That's a big thing. Saying no to the right things, really, it matters. Number three, emotional rest. This would be things like journaling. How many of you like to, to journal? Okay, good. Um, this is talking at length with a friend, like a long walk with a friend. It's letting your emotions be expressed, and therapy can do this. Some of you that are in therapy, hopefully good godly therapy, counseling, where you can talk and you can release and you can get out, especially things that damaged you in your life. I'm a, I believe in this. I think Jesus uh, helps us with these things, letting go of baggage in my life. And, and sometimes when Jesus would go off, he would invite Peter, James, and John to go with him. And, and he had experienced that. They went on long walks, and they had long talks about things. And I think this is a way that he stayed emotionally healthy. Number four, keep moving here, a creative rest. I really like this one. Creative rest. How do you stay creative? How many of you aren't very creative anyway? Well, then you need this, okay? Listen up. Maybe it's a nature hike. For me, that would fit into this. For some, it's painting or drawing or sculpting, or doing pottery, a hobby, whatever that hobby is. It's just this creative ability to let the juices flow, to be creative. It's dancing in her book. Bonnie and I took ballroom dancing one time. It was a lot of work for me, I felt like, just because i got to remember all this stuff. So I'm not sure that would be one for me. But for you, dancing might be it. Writing, playing. Just doing something fun. This this creative idea of going out and doing something that fills your life. Number five is social rest. You guys, this is a big one. Quality time with someone you genuinely love. Cutting off toxic relationships. Now, it might mean that you can't cut them off forever. (laughs) I was going to say if you're married to them, but I won't say that. But it might be some family member that drives you crazy, you know, in-laws, outlaws, all that stuff. It's like maybe there's someone that you work with that's just kind of a little, you just need a rest from that person. Like, I'm just going to take a break from from that guy or that gal, whatever. Do it. Big one, cut the cord from social media for a while. How many of you have done that? You've just said, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to cut that out of my life a little bit. Man, there's so much that owns us in social media world. I'm thankful for it in many ways. I think it can be used wonderfully. But, man, it can just sap you. It can just take all your energy away and make you live mad all day long with something someone posted or the energy that you don't have, and it's being wasted just on your mind and the thoughts. So have some social rest. Number six, just two more left, sensory rest. This would be things she suggested, like putting on a nice set of headphones and listening to music that you love, unplugging from the norm, intentional darkness. Any any of you like to sit in the dark? Yeah, I think it can be just this, like I'm not overloaded with having to watch a show or movies or think. I just leave it dark or light a candle. I love candlelight. It's just the ambiance. And this is where fresh air, aroma... You know, think of Jesus when when you know Mary broke the, the bottle of perfume and the aroma filled the room and and that was like a big thing maybe there's a, 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 a aroma that you really love that you can just relax with I I tried something we went to, to our first uh, our granddaughter's first birthday, our youngest granddaughter and our son Ryan had bought. Their, their son, uh, Xander, an oculus. Do you, you guys know what this is? It's a mask that you put over your head, and it's an image in 3D, like virtual reality. And the one that they put on <laughs> me and Bonnie, my wife, was you, you ride this elevator up, and I can't explain it. I mean, I'm telling you, you're, you're going like this. And you have this on, and you can't see it, but they videoed us. I'm not gonna show it to you. It's so embarrassing because you're doing like this. It's so real. And then the elevator opens and there's a plank this wide, and you're on the hundredth floor of a building and it's straight down, and you've got to go. And I just kept saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I knew I was on concrete. Like I knew in my brain that I was on concrete. I, I literally put my foot off the side of the beam into the air and it was still concrete. But I was freaked out. This, why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you this because our sensory is what Satan loves to attack. He likes to make you see what isn't there. He likes to make you fear what you don't have to fear. He likes to put images in front of you that suck you in and they take life out of you. And suddenly you can't move and you are paralyzed from the reality that God wants you to live in. That's why you need sensory rest. These things matter. Satan plays. He deceives us. Man, did I learn something about that. Last one. Physical rest. This is what you think it would be. Sleeping Snoozers, that's right, who said that? I like that, good job. This is a hot bath, hot bath or hot tub, what do you think? Yeah, I'm a hot tub guy, I, I like that. This is reclining, this is a massage, some of you are massage people. That's what, This is physical rest, it's letting your body move into sitting down, put your feet up and literally physically resting and sleeping. So I told you, that's a lot of different kinds of rest, but I hope you'll take that list. I hope you, you took the time just to jot it down, because this week, I would like for you to just do a little examination on those, those seven things, and ask yourself some hard questions about where you are in all those. Number three, and let me, let me get to the best part. God's part and our part. God's part and our part. Now this, this comes out of Matthew 11 where it's a famous passage about rest. And you hear this quoted. This is one of those living room pictures, photos on the wall. Verse 28, Matthew 11. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your what? Souls. I would propose that's all seven of those that we just talked about. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. In other words, I'm not going to wear you out with all the things you have to do on the list. Come and walk with me. It will refresh your soul and you can have a rest. What is your part? What does it say in, in verse 11? What is your part? Come to Jesus. Come to me and I will give you rest. That's a problem because we go everywhere but to him. <laughs> we go everywhere. We try everything else first. Instead of just nestling in and running to Jesus, and then he gives us rest, he partners with us. You've, you've heard the language of this yoke, and, and you you're in it together, and you're walking together, and his burden is light. Last thing, number four. What is at the heart of God? What is at the heart of God that wants us to rest? Work work at this with me just for a moment. What do you think? why is God? Why did Jesus say, "Come to me, I will give you rest, My yoke is light, my burden is easy. I don't want you caught up in this world. Let's break away. Let's go away with the Father. Let's, all these times about peace and rest and forgiveness and grace and mercy, what is all that? Why does it even matter? Here's what I think it matter, why I think it matters. And this, this verse, right these verses might be some of the most important verses in the Bible for us these last two years. I've leaned on these. You probably know them. Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace. And that—that that that's rest. That's the kind of rest we're talking about. Which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will... Guard, big word right there, they live in a Roman world, guard, sword. Well, guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. This is such an important verse. Mental health in our nation right now is, we have never as a church spent so much time and energy and dollars trying to get people mentally rested, mentally well than we have in the last two years. Guys, our young people, your teenagers, you talk to J. Matt, our youth pastor, it's, this is huge. These kids are dying on the vine because they, they don't know where to turn. They don't, they don't know if there's hope out there or not. And man, between gender issues and life and choices and just the pressures that they feel and they don't know how to rest on God. The pressure to perform, to be calm, to, to take it up a notch. Everyone is asking them to be better, be better looking, do this. you, you it goes on and on. And for some of us, don't worry about anything. Think about this, you guys. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. And then you will experience God's peace. We are living in a world... Where so many things are happening. And you're going to be wiped out if you don't learn how to let this go. Can't sleep. Oh, there's a pill for that. I don't have any energy. Oh, there's a pill for that. I'm depressed. There's a pill for that. It just just goes on and on. And look, if you're on medication, I'm not saying go off of it at all. Okay? Everybody hear me? I'm just saying, why don't you go to Jesus? Why don't you cast your cares on him today? We're going to have a moment where we just pause and we just, we just do this. This week, I want you to be intentional, number one, about a pause in each day. Just right now, think, of when could you do this in your day? Is it lunch? Is it 10 o'clock? Is it break? Is it whatever? I'm talking, it can just be a few minutes. Put it in your phone. Put an alarm on it. And just say, okay, today, at this time, I'm going to rest right now. I'm going to go sit down. I'm going to read something. I'm going to just put my feet up. I'm just going to think about God. Number two, discover what makes you feel rested. Go on a little journey. Use these seven categories and say, man, this really really makes me kind of break out of my worries of the day. When I did did this, I, I had a lot of peace. Made God smile. I love that phrase. Just made God smile. And the last one, and this is really your sticky note question for this weekend is there a kind of rest that you need most right now write down what you need most what kind of rest do you need most and it doesn't have to be one of the seven but just in your mind where are you really at what do you need because God's here to help you would you mind just bowing your head for a second Lord matter of fact, I just feel prompted to invite some of you who you need to make a a physical gesture toward bringing your burden to God. And I'm not going to have you come up here or anything, but I am going to ask you in a moment to just stand to your feet right where you are. I want to pray over you, and then I'm going to have you sit right back down. And, And here's the people that I'm talking to. You need to cast this on the Lord. It's worrying you. There's pressure with it. You know it. And you're going to pray about it. And you're committed to praying about it. But you're going to start the cycle right now by standing to your feet and saying, God, I'm handing this to you. I know I still am responsible for it. I'm not saying live in denial. You still might have to work at it, think about it, plan. It's still your deal. But you can put the worry onto God and let him give you the wisdom to walk through it a little phrase I learned years ago care but don't carry care but don't carry I don't have to carry the burden I have to care about the situation if that's you could I pray over you would you just stand to your feet real quick and I'm going to pray and then you can sit right back down God bless you you're bringing this to the Lord you're doing what scripture says That's a wonderful thing you're doing right now. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters as they have taken this step to just stand up and say, I'm in. I'm giving this to you. We cast this care on you. And we ask you to give us wisdom and insight Because we may be responsible for it and we need that leadership. But we trust you that we don't have to carry. We don't have to fret or have anxiety about the outcome. It's yours and you have our back and you love us and we can trust you. I thank you, Lord. Be an encouragement this week to those who have had the courage to stand to their feet. Be strong in them. Let them literally feel moments when your spirit is bringing rest on them. Like the song we sang about, your spirit is bringing rest onto us. Only you can do that, God, and we trust you. You may be seated. Thank you, guys.